0: It's good to see you guys. There we go. Got some amen. Today is a great day. You want to know why? You are so boring. Hey, you want to? You guys, today's a great day. You want to know why? Because it's today. Stay with me. Get it? Are you breathing? Woo. Uh oh. Echo. Did you guys hear that? Um, online, they probably don't. But that was terrifying. Yeah, it's today. Something I've started to realize. I mentioned this a few months ago. Have you ever been in those? Pl- have you ever been in the, the ER? Raise your hand if you've been in the ER. Yeah, um, for for yourself. <laughs> okay, everyone. Yeah, that's terrifying. Um, one of the things I always recognize is like when I go to the ER. Say I've had a bad day. Okay, and I had to go because I thought that he's not in here. James broke my spleen or ribs or something uh, playing flag football. I'm not old. Anyway, uh, I went there and in that moment, you know what's funny? I didn't think about any of the rest of my bad day. I just thought, like, boy, I I want to live. right? I want to breathe. I want to, like, wake up. And a lot of times we take for granted the fact that we're literally alive. Like, we are alive. You're here. I was telling the guys, I'm not sure I shared this with you guys. I was telling some of my friends, um, I did not coin this. I wish that I had because it's really good. And I, I don't know who. But essentially he said... What really encourages me is I'm excited to go to church because I get to worship with the saints today. Whew. Saints, man. What would it be like if you viewed each other that way, right, that you get to worship with the saints? That's what the Bible tells you that you are. It's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> so I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you guys are here. If this is your first time or first time in a while, we're in the midst of a series. It'll be a shorter one. That will be broken up by next week's worship experience. Um, but it's called Inconvenient Truths. And the point of it is, is that we're going to talk about things in Christianity that are inconvenient for our lives. Right? Because you want the biggest one of all? Christianity is not going to be convenient. If you follow Jesus, it will not be convenient. Period. Now, I know that it can seem like it can be. Right? We live in America. Um, Seems like it can be. It's not. And so we're going to kind of talk about some of the inconvenient truths that we sometimes probably ignore or don't want to talk about because, frankly, it's uncomfortable, right? That's the whole point of inconvenient. So that's where we're at. And today is hashtag third love. Intriguing, isn't it? You're like, what is that? Don't smile. You're not allowed to be happy today. Keep frowning. All right. Go to the God. We're going to start right now with some scripture. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Now... It's about this guy you guys may have heard of. It's in the Gospels. Who do you think is the main star here? Jesus. Nice. You guys are like hesitant. I think it's Jesus. <laughs> you just guess Jesus, and if it's about the epistle, just guess Paul as the author. You'll be good. Most of the time, you'll get it, get it right. So, this is Jesus. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, don't switch this yet. They came together. They came together. I mean, the Pharisees, Sadducees. Just in case, this is important because we get these questions sometimes. I don't ever want to live under the assumption that you know who these people are. Sadducees and Pharisees were a group, each were a group within um, the Jewish religion that they were the priests in various ways, okay? Kind of like these groups that had split off, of, and they view, this is how you're supposed to follow, this is how you're supposed to follow. Hmm, what does that sound like? Anyway, this is what you're supposed to do, this is most important, this isn't. And, but they were very well respected. On the surface, these were good people. You would probably think they were the good people, okay? So they had come together, and they, kept, they often questioned Jesus for different reasons because they wanted to trip him up, because they didn't like that he was a threat to their authority, right? He was the, they were the ones that told you what God was supposed to be, even though they had added a bunch of man-made laws to God's law, Right? So he's saying they often came to him because they didn't like that. And they knew, so Todd, why'd they do that? Well, remember, at the time, Jesus has got a big following still. He's popular. They don't want to go against this guy. They want him to what? Condemn himself so that they don't look like the bad guys, right? Then they get to be the heroes again because I'm going to kill this rebel rouser Jesus. That's what he's saying in the South. Do you guys ever say rebel rouser? I think it's a Civil War thing. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. So, when, so he often silenced them. Because he had answers and he wouldn't fall for the tricks. So that's where we're at. When the Pharisees heard that he had, oh, you did it ahead of me. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. Now, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Very uh, popular verse, right? Everybody loves love. They do. No No one doesn't love love. But this is a big deal. And at the end here, all the law and prophets, for us, let me paraphrase it for you, the Bible. okay? For them, the Old Testament, the law, it all, the prophets were all the... What we consider the Old Testament all depends on these two things. So all the other rules at the end of the day, the laws, are just to help you better do these two things. And if you did these two things well, all the rest of them would be covered. Make sense? You ever feel like you just don't know how to do this Christian thing? I guarantee you do. You ever get frustrated? You ever feel like it's a weight? You ever get mad? Yeah. It's probably because you've gotten distracted and overcomplicated this simple fact. If you do those two things, the rest takes care of itself. But that's the problem. We don't do those two things well. We'll come back to that. So in the Gospel of Mark, and before I go on, this is important. I like to give you guys information for when you are attacked. Because one of the big things is the Gospels don't fit. They don't match. They tell stories different ways. That's not true. That's not true. Some of them give more details in certain situations Right? Because they're different people that saw them, different eyewitnesses. So if I walk out of this room and you guys say, What did Todd say earlier? Not the ones that aren't listening and say, I don't know. But the other ones, you're going to say, I said something. And it'll probably be pretty similar, but it's going to be different. Same story. Okay? So when I give you this, I'm skipping the part that's the same. So in the Gospel of Mark, the same thing. They recount the same situation. Comes up to Jesus, asking this question. He responds, right? What are the two? What's the first one? Love the Lord your God with all. Heart, soul, and mind. I'm, I'm going to keep coming at you until you quit mumbling and be happy. All right? And then number two is love others. <laughs> I'm a bully today. Let's go. So you see that happens. We all know that. And then this is interesting because it, it tells us a little more. Verse 32. Let's just say it continues the story. Then the scribe, the one who asked, said to him, You are right, Teacher. You have correctly said that he is one and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered intelligently, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to question him any longer. It's a very interesting part there at the end, right? It's not even to do with my sermon. I was like, well, why did no one dare to question him? Because why do you think the scribe said that? The burnt offerings, those two laws, that gets rid of all of the extra stuff that they had added. So he put, he had flipped it on the scribe. Now what's the scribe going to say? Is he going to say that those two commandments aren't the greatest? Or is he going to highlight his own authority? You know what I'm saying? Is he going to? Is he going to, and so Jesus tricked him. But even in that, Jesus said, yeah, you're right. You're not far. What's not far? Let me put it in language you understand. It doesn't matter, okay, all of the good things you do. They're good. Remember, he didn't say they were bad, the burnt offerings and sacrifice. All the things you do aren't as important as loving God and loving other people. See, in Christianity Today, (laughs) there's a website, in Christianity Today, we have this tendency to, um, like we say we understand that, right? We say that we don't have these, the, we always look back at them like they're silly. I was bringing this up earlier, right? I, I mentioned this to, I think, the worship team. It's like Jesus is here in this moment, right? And he's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, and like we are chilling with Jesus, right? He's right here telling them, and we're going, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right, Sadducees. The truth is, like, He's speaking to us. We are are never the ones standing with Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? When it comes to teaching, he's teaching us. So, that being said, I want to note a couple things. I already told you at the beginning. But to love your God and love your neighbor yourself is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. You are not far from the kingdom of God. Imagine that you walked outside today and you see Jesus. And you say to him, I'm going to put different words, hey, I'm going to go this way. And he goes, yeah, if you go that way, you're not going to be very far from the kingdom of God. Would you be excited? Or would you be sad? Which would you be? You'd be excited, right? I mean, seriously, if you are, let me put in different words. Hey, heaven's right over here. You're almost there. First off, once you got past the fear of you dying, because that's what would happen, right? You would want to go there. You'd be excited. Think, so when I hear this, I get excited because I'm saying, huh. If I can understand that, if I can understand that my sacrifices, that burnt offerings and sacrifices right, are not as important as loving God and loving other people, which we seem like we understand, I'm not far from the kingdom. That means all, he didn't say anything about my sins, right? He didn't say anything about my flaws, my mistakes. He just said, you're not far from the kingdom. You're on to me. You're starting to get this. Keep that in mind. You ready for an inconvenient truth? Yes. It's not the one, the main purpose today, but this was going to be my intro. I told AJ he liked it, and then I decided to soften the blow. It's more interesting. Guess what? We are naturally very selfish creatures. Now you're all cool with that. You ready? You are a selfish creature by nature. You are. You're selfish by nature. Me too, right? It's hard not to. We live in this mind, in this body, looking out all the time. I see things through my perspective. I know my motives. I know my heart. I know all of those things. So it's very easy to get caught up in, well, clearly I'm right here. Well, the only voice I'm hearing is the one in my own head, right? That's my viewpoint. I want you guys to see something. Who, don't fib, because it, like, it's not popular to say this, in truth, but who likes social media overall? All right, now you ready? I'm going to prove if you, okay, you don't hate it. Who has social media of any kind, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Uh, now I got you. Yeah, everybody, right? So we don't all uh, love it, but we all have it. So Instagram, what's Instagram? What's the gram? Sydney, you're hip and cool. What is that? What's the, what's, what's the point of that? Pick Sharing photos, right? This is my life. This is how I dress every day with the sun perfectly on me and a martini and I'm in Cancun, right, or whatever. I'm really just in like a sandbox in my backyard. But you don't know, right? Hashtag living life. Instagram is about sharing pictures, the pictures that you give. Now, what is a hashtag, Sydney? What is the purpose of a hashtag? She's overwhelmed. All right. I won't put her on the spot. Raise your hand. What's the purpose of a hashtag? Come on, hip, cool people. What do you got? It's a, I'm not using that phrase because I will get banned. What is a hashtag? Yeah. It's a label. I like that, right? The point of them is you want to find something on a topic, right? That's the real, like now it's just become like I want to be cool. Um, but the purpose is if you want to find information on Instagram, pictures, content about a certain topic, you put hashtag it. It's going to show you every post picture that has it on there. It's pretty cool. It's like a search engine of Instagram. Tim, computers. Anyway, of the top 30, I've done research today. You're going to love this. I'm going to help you become a better social influencer. That's like a jet plane. Social influencer. On the, if, if you're watching from home, it sounded like a jet was coming at me, so that's what happened. I looked up the top 30. Jill, don't smile. Not today. Uh, top 30 hashtags on Instagram. Top 30. Of 2021, I'm about to make you hip. I've even put them on a list for you. But I haven't, I'm not giving you all of them, but I am giving you four of the top 15. That's exciting. Number one, hashtag love. I told you people like love. I told you people like love. The number one hashtag of 2021 is hashtag love. Right? And it's like me, again, on a beach. I don't know what that has to do with love, but I'm in you know, my bathing suit. Anyway, the number one is love. That's interesting. The number 10 is follow me. Ooh, that's odd. You ready? I'm going to get it. What does it actually mean? Follow me on Instagram. Me on Instagram. What does follow mean? Um, it's like subscribe. subscribe. Like my stuff so you get all my stuff, right? P.S., like the remnant. Um, yeah, follow me. Are you ready? I'm, this is good, Tim. You already know, right? What does Jesus say? Follow me. It's such an interesting, I don't know, I don't don't mean hyper-spiritual, but I think it's pretty interesting, right, that we use that phrase. I would like you to follow me on Instagram. And Jesus is like, hey, I'd like you to follow me over here. They don't always go the same place. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Instagram does not lead me to Jesus sometimes. Okay? (laughs) Um, Just being real. Number 13. Hashtag me. Huh. The 13th most popular hashtag Sierra, you're not going to believe this. The th- you didn't do anything wrong. I just like people. So I'm, I, I need to stop the show in case someone's seeing this. It's not a show, it's a service. But if I say your name, it's not because you did anything wrong. I'm just interacting with you because that's what I should do. Anyway, number 13 is hashtag me. Oof. I don't even know what you'd use this for. Probably, once again, me in a bikini, not me. <laughs> hashtag, now that you're all thoroughly disgusted, we can get back to this, hashtag me. I know, Neat. I don't know why I do it either. Hashtag me. That's in the top 13. Number 14, this one's easy, hashtag selfie, selfie. Now, I did a little more research outside of the top 30. I love research. I didn't like it in school. Apparently, I don't like to be told what to do. Um. I will listen to you, Jesus. Here we go. Bonus. Here's some bonus ones for you. Oh, he just put them all. That's cool. Bonus. There are 70.7 million posts of hashtag self-love. That's a lot, right? 70.7 million. There's 878,000 of hashtag love is the best love. I'm sorry, that's wrong. (laughs) Hashtag self-love is the best love. Almost a million, right? We round up, we're rounding to a million. Next. Now, this is where it gets interesting to me. 800, there's only 835,000 that is love others. However, self-love has 878,000. So clearly it's more popular to make sure that I'm getting loved. Okay? Here we go. Ah, here's a good one. Hashtag love others as yourself. Very biblical. 23.5. So, so we're okay with loving others. We still are up towards a million. But then you start saying love them as yourself which, remember, self is very important, it drops down to 23.5 thousand. Let that sink in for a second. Love others? We kind of work our way down here. self loves the best love. Love others. Love others as yourself. Now we're, we're getting down. Now, at first you're going to say 1.2 million people love, go hashtag love God. Okay? However, 70.7 million say hashtag self-love. So... When we look at percentages, that's pretty significant, right? Only 1.2 million say hashtag love God. P.S. You think all of them talking about the same God? Nah. Anyway, but let's even the concept. And then this last one. Remember, we work our way down. Hashtag love God first. Only 42,000. I'm going to leave it up for a second. Let's look at that. 42,000. Hashtag love God first. 70.7 million Hashtag self-love. Now, again, the tendency is, you leave it up for a minute, the tendency is soak that in. Do you see what I'm seeing? For real? I didn't alter this. I didn't change it. Honestly, I didn't know where it would lead. Sometimes you look for stuff and it's not there. But I had a feeling. And I actually started with self-love. I just wanted to know, right, where, how many, 70.7 million. That's current. That's, that might even be, that's probably not even per, I don't know how they do it. If they count it per, for the whole year, it just continues. Is that what happens? All right, by the end of the year? Okay, no one knows. Um, thought everyone was hip here. Uh, 70.7 million, 42,000. That is just a very powerful indicator of society and culture. Self-love is the best love. It's higher than love others. Love others is just because you are human. You are selfish. Me too. We have a tendency to go, boy, I am glad I am not a part of that club. See, the difference is, if we're really honest, many times they've just put a label to what we're already living. So how do I, tell you, how do I know that? Well, here's some examples. I like to mess with people in you in here first, and then we'll go to them. If you are on your phone during worship the whole time, let's say worship, I know, I'm take notes, I'm not judging you right now. I'm just saying, I, everybody's like, Todd, I was taking notes, I'm not looking at you, I'm not even thinking of that. Are you loving God first? Say it, I'm talking, you know what I mean, the times when you're, you're not here. Are you loving the worship team? Are you loving the people around you, or are you being distracting? How about when you yawn, make noise, fall asleep? That sounds crazy, right? It's not even about me. Well, clearly you're not loving me real well, which maybe I'm not loving you well, which is why you're falling asleep, but... Right? I'll start here. Well, how about the time someone offends you? How about the time I love that pastor? Man, he preaches truth until the one time that he challenges you. And then all of a sudden he's bad. Or the church. Or Christianity as a whole. Now, I'm not saying listen, because you tend to. If you're already getting mad, then you're probably not, then you're already living out of self love right now because you're feeling offended. When I haven't even said your name. Do you think that's for me? I, I know you're not going to believe this. This is shocking. I am not God. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. I am not also all powerful. I am not omniscient. I can't read your mind. I'm not even Chris Angel the mind freak. Right? <laughs> I am, I am I'm none of those. If, that, if I said this and something inside you goes, <clears throat> that's not. has nothing to do with me. Because the truth is, if it makes you feel better, I'm talking to myself. I can be very selfish. If I've had a bad day, happen today, okay? So I had a situation happen this morning, and I was excited. I really was. I hope you can see. It's gotten better. I'll get here. I was excited, and I walk in, um, and right before I did, I get bombarded with these things, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, right? Because this might surprise you guys. I do not hear the good things that I or my church does as much as I hear what we are terrible at. And, that co- and P.S., that's from members, too, not just outsiders, And nobody walks in and goes, hey, Todd, really love that our church puts a lot of effort into our worship team. It's just, hey, it's too loud. Hey, I really love that we feed 70, 80 people a week. Oh, my gosh, you're pressuring me to come to meal. You know, it could go on and on and on. And that's okay. And I want people to come to me. I just think it's funny because, like, I don't hear that as much. So today was one of those days. And I came in, and I think I got deflated. And I came in. So when I came to worship practice to do devotions with him, Pastor Austin, I don't think he's in here. Is he in here? No. He, uh, he gave the devotion today. He's the drummer, if you're watching from home. And he gave us devotion. And then our good friend Chris shared a verse, which, dang it, got me again. And it was funny because in that moment I realized, man, Todd, like I am being selfish. I'm being selfish even in my body language right now because I've had a bad morning. I'm going to spread that around. How dare you be happy if I'm not? Hashtag self-love because you should be focused on making me feel better, Chris, clearly, right? Our society is in a strange place because we're now being <laughs> it's very surreal, guys. We are um we're we are deluded. And what's interesting about society is we're now beginning to we're beginning to support the delusion. Okay? I know this is I think you'll know by the end of it. So like we're doing these unhealthy things that aren't good for us as humans. And social media has allowed us instead of, because humans don't like accountability, and in Christ we can't even choose right, without him I mean, we're now, we're supporting this behavior that is destructive both, both to society but also ourselves. Because here's the thing. If self-love is good enough, why are 70.7 million people having a hashtag about it? Why, am I have to, why do I have to give you a hashtag that says self-love is the best love? Well, shouldn't we all already know that? And before you start, because some of you may be like, he's making fun of me for saying self-love. No, no, no. I think the concept of not hating yourself is biblical. <laughs> I don't think that's what you really mean when you say self-love many times. What you really mean is I need to do and you, whatever is best for me in any given situation to what? To be stress-free, happy, and get what I want. That's self-love. Hashtag love. What kind of love? I don't believe it's agape love, right? In Scripture, there's different words, and we're limited in the human language. Agape love is the kind of love that is a love that's independent on whether you love me back. It's the kind of love God has for us. In Christ, when we become his children, right? God is love. You guys heard that phrase? That is agape. He is that kind of love. He is the perfect love. That's not the kind of hashtag love we're talking about. Now, we're talking about if I don't want to talk to you, I don't have to talk to you. If I don't want to work something out, I don't have to work something out. If I'm sleepy and my spouse is mad, I'm allowed to go to bed because hashtag self-love. I got to make sure my cup's full. Interesting. Man, so if you got to make sure your cup's full, then the indication is you don't have an ever-filling cup. Well, Jesus tells me that if I'm attached to him and following him, my cup never, my well never runs dry. Amen. So what does it matter if it's down a little bit or up a little bit? It's never-ending. You see what I'm saying? Even the, 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 the phrase itself is, is, guys, it's very insidious. So culture is now diluting itself and saying this is healthy and normal. We don't really believe that. How do I know that? Because when you are invested in love someone else and they justify their hate for you by saying hashtag self-love, you don't like it anymore. Does that make sense or do I need to say it again? Give me a nod or something. Does that make sense? Because if not, if no, I'll explain it. I don't have a problem. Yeah, thank you because I say things very strangely. I know. That's what I'm saying. Self-love. I don't have a problem with like. If you're around me a lot, you know that I fully believe in Christianity. There is a subculture that says the most holy people hate themselves. That's not biblical. Have you ever noticed that? Like when you're speaking truth, and I, pick, I don't pick, I encourage, because I think it's a good thing. If, you, if you're close to me, I guarantee you I've said, hey, you don't have to tear yourself down right now to tell me this truth. You don't have to. If you're challenging me, you don't have to, to, to tear yourself down first. You don't have to say, I know I'm not good at it either. You don't have to do that to me. But you've been trained to think that. That the only way you can speak God's love and God's truth to someone is if you can acknowledge the fact that you're garbage. That's funny, though, because Scripture tells me that you are chosen, an heir, right, light of the world, a saint. That's what it tells me you are. So certainly I don't believe in self-hatred either. How can you hate yourself when you were bought at a very, very high price? So, before you twist what I'm saying, however... Self-love and the focus on self and love that has encapsulated our society. And what I mean by diluted is we accept that. Guys, honestly and gals, most of the time when you see things like that, you're going to give it a like. You know why you're doing that? Because you remember the times you've been drained and tired and stressed. And you remember the times that you, people were taking advantage of you. And so you like it because I get it. I've been there. And you've got to take care of yourself, honey. Right? And the truth is, that's okay. Jesus himself went off it and rested at times. But you know what's funny? I always love when people use that analogy and I try to make that comparison. I always say, did he ever leave in the middle of the ministry? Did he leave in the middle of the healing or the feeding? Did he leave in the middle of a conversation? No, he went out and he sacrificed his own sleep. He sacrificed his own. It was always about him sacrificing himself. If I need time, I will do it after I've served. And the point is, But you know why we don't do that? Because that's cutting into what? My time. And if I got to cut time out, I'm going to cut yours out, my time with you, before I cut mine. I I consider, well, I'll say this. Your inconvenient truth is self-love is not the best love. Jesus tells me this. You ready? I'm going to paraphrase. No greater love is this that a friend would lay down his life or that a person would lay down their life for their friend. And and you guys, we will share that verse until it comes like, will you sacrifice your sleep? Will you sacrifice your money? Will you sacrifice your time? Because you certainly are not gonna sacrifice your life if you can't sacrifice a 10 minutes. You know, that's why the. The call of Jesus, guys, is so radical. I feel like I've been telling people that lately. And then, you know, the famous word used against churches that follow God, you're a cult. <laughs> you're a cult. You're a cult because, and you know what's funny? Every time I've, I've ever heard this, this isn't said to me a lot, but I've heard it before. And I'll say, okay, sure, man, I'm, I'm open to that. But can, you, can you tell me what it is? They never have anything. They never have anything. Because it's not about that. It's like, hey, you're a Pharisee, and you don't like being told the truth. You don't hate me. You hate my teacher. You hate my God. You hate who's in me because you hated him first. Amen. The truth is that the hashtag that should be spreading is third love. I got you with that because otherwise you wouldn't have came if I'd have sinned like. It is, right? Third love. Why? You are not the center of the universe. I'm going to say that again. By the way, and just to make sure you understand you, because this is, let me tell you how you our selfishness. I'm from the South, so I, I'm prefacing. I'm tearing myself down to explain something to you. In the South, it is me and my kin are more important than anybody else. That's a real thing, okay? My cousin and I might not have talked to you in 20 years, if I'm going by the, the law of the blood, right, it's more important than you at the end of the day. We're family. However, that's still Selfish. See, a lot of times we justify by saying, I love, like, finding the areas in my own life. Where are the areas in my own life that I'm still selfish? Because a lot of times we use family as a shield in the church. He's using, he's telling me to not love my wife. I'm telling you not to love your wife because you're going home and playing, what is that game? War, what is that, War Zone? Instead of serving at the church. But you're going to lie and say you're spending quality time with your wife. Yeah, she's there. She's over there crying in her phone. You don't see it because you're playing Warzone. But, yeah, I'm I'm asking you to take time from your wife or your husband. I can make a lot of the women mad now. I ain't going to do it, but I could. Because, like, you're all like, yeah, husbands, you do not pay attention. Mm Mm-hmm. Do not deny each other. Anyway, (laughs) that's the amen I get. This is... (laughs) This is exactly why they think this. Anyway, third love, you're not the center of the universe. Your world, meaning you know your perspective, is not the center of the universe. You're not. That doesn't mean that family's not. See, that's how our minds like. And you're thinking of all the ways that that like. As soon as it hits that part in you, I guarantee you've got those walls that go up. Oh, what about this? Are you making those I know. How do I know? Because I do it. And I'm a human and you're human. And you make those things up. But the bold, hard truth is, that's what's so crazy about Jesus. He makes, hey, uh, Jesus, can you stop talking to these people? Your family want to talk to you outside. And he said, who's my family? These are my brothers and sisters. The point's not that he didn't love his family. The point is saying that doesn't trump the kingdom work that I'm called to do. And this is hard truth. I have very, very close family, and what I'm learning to accept as a guy from the South growing up is that, you know, you, I have more in common with, I'll pick someone other than Tim because I don't know things, right, uh, Nate, right? I have, Nate is more of my brother than perhaps my brother because we have the same father. We have the same spirit, and that's hard to say, isn't it? Now, Scripture is not saying get rid of your family. Oh, why do I say that? you probably like, Todd, well, you don't have to keep saying that. Because I'm told this all the time, that I hate families because I tell you what Jesus said. I think families are great. The Bible says, here's me tearing myself down. The Bible says, he who doesn't take care of his family is worse than an unbeliever. Clearly they're important. However, you still use it to shield your own selfishness sometimes. I do too. Hashtag third love. You're not the most important. Your love and need to be loved should not be the most important thing to you. You ready? This is hard truth I'm about to tell you. If you're in Christ in this room, your life is no longer about you. You're not first, and you're not even second. You are third. God, other people, me. God knows us so much that he knows the person we love the most is ourselves, and that's why he adds, I love Jesus, because he's so smart, and we don't even catch it. Love others. He could have left it there, but he knows that we're humans and we interpret that funny. He says, I want you to love others as yourself. Oof. Goosebumps. That's Holy Spirit. How do I know? Because I know that I wouldn't. So God's essentially saying, when you are loving other people, would you do to them in that moment? Or would you want them to do to you what you're doing to them? Would you call it love? Now, this can sound very, very sad. Most of us in the room in Christ, you're not choosing to do that because you are a saint. So that's your old you. Let me tell you where it comes from. You, are, you have been abused, and I don't mean that even in the biggest, it can be anyway, like I don't in the clinical term, but you've been hurt, abused, your trust has been abused. Some of you have never really gotten love. Some of you, have, your love has been broken. Some of your trust has been broken. And so what you have done, I say this over and over, over. The counselor gave me some of the best wisdom I've ever heard in my life, and I share it all the time. The way you act, my friends, is... Completely rational based on the experiences you've went through. But it is not healthy. It is not healthy. And that's what God tells us. Because selfishness begets selfishness. That's a fancy word to say. Selfishness makes more selfishness. Because you will inevitably hurt me when I'm trying to need love. And so then I'm going to become self-protective and I will not love you. And then we will do this to each other over and over. And i got to take care of me. Because at the end of the day, the lie you're living out of is nobody really loves me. And if I don't love me, that leaves me with zero people. And that's part of it. You're not monsters. You just deep down don't believe that you're loved by anyone. And so if I don't at least take care of myself... No one ever will. I am alone. And the beautiful part of the gospel is not saying that you're not valuable. And it's not saying that you don't deserve love. What God is saying is he says, you are so valuable and you are so loved. I will fill your needs. I will take care of you, and I will love you, and I will bring people to do. Till I will take care of you. You don't have to self-love because I love you so much that you ain't got enough room in a cup left for any self-love. Amen. And that sounds so Christianese, guys. God's love has become Christianese. That is heartbreaking. The Creator of the universe would have died on the cross for you alone. For you. In all your ugliness and your, and your shame, he looks at you and says, you are this valuable. But you, so often in our society, we settle, as you deluded, right? We settle for a poor imitation. Self-love is not the best love because if it was, it would be fulfilling. If self-love was enough, why do you want a relationship? Let's just start there. Oh, well, some people, it's very easy. You, you want self-love and a little extra. Me, me, me. Third love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love others as yourself. And do what I tell you. Because you know what's funny? Did you know God tells us to take care of ourselves sometimes? And yet, like he loves you. But, you. but what if he doesn't? You ready? What did the serpent say? You sure he said that? Did God really mean that? Did God really mean he loves you? Or is that just what Christians say? Because I, because you don't feel loved sometimes, do you? You can't pick and choose. Follow me is not a hashtag. It's a command. Follow me. Come where I'm going, and I will take care of you. That's everything in the Gospels. I want to do a Gospel series, but it'll take two years, because I feel like I've got to, we've got to go through everything so you don't understand that. And then verses where he says, the guy comes and says, hey, uh, I'll come with you after I go bury my uncle. And that sounds so cruel, because Jesus said, no, come and follow me, let the dead bury the dead. You think, that's, you think that's about being mean? There has to be an understanding. I know, we don't know this. I don't think he said it this way. We view it this way, right? I'm going to look at Brandon. Follow me, let the dead bury their dead. Right? That's not what he does. I think he put his hand on him and said, hey, that's already over. You going and burying him isn't going to fix your grief, but following me will. We don't want to believe that. You know why? Because it's not instant gratification. So. Let's go on here a little bit more. I got to go. I'm about to get carried away with that Holy Spirit stuff. There's a section that talks very much about this. Okay, so we talked about third love is the best love. That's, you understand that. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13. We're going to be in Galatians 5, but I'm going to hop around just to. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church, right, in Galatia. Teaching them what it is to be in the kingdom. And he says this, to be in Christ. For you were called to be free, brothers. Oh, I could stop right there. We would do a whole sermon on that. Hey, do you know you're free? Listen to me. You're free. It's over. It's done. <sighs> Nobody can condemn you. Nobody can take away what they didn't give you. It doesn't matter what they call you, say about you, speak about you. When God says what you are, that's the end of the story, period. Amen. You're free. Quit living under that, that whether it's religion or whether it's self-love, you are free. <sighs> anyway, mini-sermon. For you are called to be free, brothers. Only don't use this. <laughs> this is so good. I hope you guys get as excited as I do. This Bible's good stuff, man. Because I already told you this exciting news about freedom. I could have done all the sermon. That's so good. Let's go on. Only don't use this freedom, I just told you, as an opportunity for the flesh. But serve one another through love. Guys, do I explain this to you? Listen to me. It's so good. You're free. You are free. Now use your freedom not to satisfy your own desires, not to party in the church while the world's dying, but to serve, to love other people. If I live free, I am so free to love you because it's independent on whether you ever love me back. You don't ever have to give me anything. And when I accept that and go, I am who I am. It doesn't matter. If I come to you, you know, how many times you say, well, I would say that to him, but I don't want to look weird? I hear that from guys all the time. They come up to me and go, Jane looks really nice today. I was like, oh, that's cool. Why don't you go tell her? Well, then she'll think it's weird. That happens. G- girls, that happens because we're always afraid you're going to think we're, we're sickos that are trying to hit on you. That's the truth. So if you wonder why guys don't say it, they say it to each other. But I'm always like, who cares what they think? You know your motives. Go spread that love. That encouragement, that hope, that joy, that peace, because I don't need your response, because I'm already free. Don't use it as a free to be, freedom to be selfish, but to love others. Move on. I'm getting so excited. Are you guys excited? I feel, I hope so, man. It's a good day. 14. Oh, man, I'm trusting you, God. A little weird thing about me, I have this weird OCD that every time I say it's a good day, it goes terrible. Everyone knows this. So I am in faith with you guys saying, not today. Today I said it, and it's going to be good, okay? Yeah, amen, right, here we go. (sighs) Go away, anxiety. So, for the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Remember up above he says, serve one another through love. For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. There we hear it again. Now he goes even farther. Why do you think he just focuses on that? Who's he talking to? He's talking, the church in Galatia, I told you. What is the church made up of? Christians, thank you. I you. I know that you've been trained by the school system. You're like, what does he want me to say? No, Christians, right? So he's already under the assumption, I already know you love God. I don't need to tell you that. So then he jumps to this. This is his focus. Love you for the entire law. You're already doing the one part. He doesn't need to tell you that. You've already accepted him. Goes back to freedom. You know that you're good right now? You are good right now. With all your mess? Yep. You will be no more loved by God than you are in this moment. So, for the entire loss, fulfill one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. There it is again. But, if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. I put this together. In your Bibles, most of the time they separate those two statements. They put this down with the works of the flesh section. You remember in the original letter, it's all a letter. They don't have it bracketed. They do that for us. I actually feel like it's, it needs to be connected to this. Because he just told you for the entire Lost Film one Statement, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you'll be consumed by one another. So it's two options. You can love a neighbor as yourself or you can bite and devour and consume each other. And then he says, I say then walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Well, what does that mean, Todd? Let's go down. I got you. Verse 19, same section. Now the works of the flesh, now Paul tells us what that is. The works of the flesh are obvious. Why do you act like you don't know? You know when you're acting a fool. right? When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you know, but you don't want to admit it. That's that. Okay, so now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity. Come to that. Keep going. Idolatry, sorcery. Whew, someday. I'm coming back to that. Hatreds. Now we're getting somewhere. Strife. Jealousy. Outbursts of anger. Selfish ambitions. Dissensions. What's another word for dissension? Division, separation. By the way, most of the time, dissension means rebellion against leadership. Just a thought for you. Factions. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, anything similar. I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I have to explain this a lot. I'm going to explain that last sentence or you won't be able to focus on the rest. Todd, I thought you said I can't lose my salvation. You just told me that last week. And I definitely have caroused this week. (laughs) All right, I just picked one. I definitely have been hateful at one point, right? So I'm not going to inherit the kingdom now. No, no, no. He's making a very important point here because he ends up saying, but that's how you used to be. You need to understand. This is important. It's not about telling you that you're going to not inherit the kingdom. He's saying those things are evil enough that there are people that that, that the sentence is death. They will not inherit the kingdom. Why would you act that way? Even if you have a get-out-of-jail-free card because of Christ, meaning you're not going to hell, why would you continue to act in a way that is, is, is an obvious sign of people that are going to hell? Do you understand what I'm saying? Or is that too confusing? That's what he's saying. So if you've ever been confused, I thought you said you can't lose it. He's making a very powerful point. Do you understand that Christ saved you from death and hell? And now you want to go back and act that way? Right? Imagine I come up to you, or the the law, right? You steal a million dollars, and they come up and say, you're free. And the next day, you go steal a million dollars again. You want to go back in front of that judge that lets you off? No, you don't, because he's going to go, hmm. Well, this ain't going to take long, right? Guilty, except in Christ, that never happens. But there's a point here. Moving on. I get so excited, Tim. I just can't help it. I'm so excited, I just can't hide it. All right. But... So that's, that's the work of the flesh. So Paul up and remember, verse 16 says, I say then walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. You're going to have the desires. That doesn't make you evil. That's part of being in this body. Some of you are such good, you know, you have such beautiful hearts that you, wanna, you live in shame because you have the moment of temptation or that in your heart, and it's good that you catch it. You're ahead of some people. That's why Jesus said things like, hey, I, you say if someone commits adultery, blah, blah, blah. I say if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've already committed in your heart, right? Yep. Some of you, like, you need to understand that. He says, I say then walk by the Spirit and not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. You're going to be tempted. But I say walk by the Spirit and not carry out the desire of the flesh. So like, I told you the flesh. So what's the Spirit? Because, I mean, clearly, if I don't want to do that stuff, i got to look what... Angie knows this. i got to look for what the fruit is, right? Verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, there's love. Not self-love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus, Jesus, listen, I know I'm losing you. I'll try to get fast. Somebody the other day said, Todd, do you think you should change the sign to say 730? Because it says 715 out there. And I'm like, I'm hopeful. Uh, now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become, listen, conceited. What's conceit? It, it's a self-focus, right? provoking one another. Some of y'all are real good at provoking. I didn't do anything wrong when they lash out. Envying one another. You know, I wanna, there's a guy, I want to give credit to someone. I'm not going to say his name. I, I know one brother in Christ, goes to this church, only person I've ever met in my life that has admitted he envies and it made bitterness. The only man I've met in my life who said, yeah, I envy people. I, I envy what they have and it makes me bitter. I thought that's so cool because he's clearly not the only one. Right? But he thinks it's a bad thing when I'm like, dude, the fact that you can even admit that is incredible. Just a little side note. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self control. Against such things, there is no law. What does that mean? (laughs) Ready for like simplified? Hey, it's not against the law to be kind. (laughs) It's not going to send you to hell to love people. Pretty much Paul's saying, like, you don't have to worry about whether you're doing wrong if you just do the right. Make sense? Am I losing you? You with me? Okay, good. Sometimes I can't tell if you guys are deep in thought or like, like a zombie. Um, now, there is no such thing. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucified. I want you to think about right now. What's the most painful death you can think of? I'm gonna, we'll take it from the crowd. Hey, if you're on the stream, go ahead and write it in there. Most painful death in the crowd that you can think of. Cancer. That's a, okay. Drowning? Yeah. Drugs? That, you're just saying ways to die. What is the most? Right? Burning, I've heard people say that. You can put anything in here. Um, where are we at here? Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have burned the flesh with his passion and his desire, have suffocated the flesh, have drowned the flesh, have electrocuted the flesh, have cancered the flesh? Huh? Anyway... Whatever you think of, that's the point here. It hurts, it's hard, but you have to do it. What is the flesh? Now, before you go out there and start cutting yourselves, I already told you. The flesh is sexual morality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, on and on and on. You have to kill that part of you. Now, the beautiful thing is, remember freedom? This gets deep. It's already Christ. It was crucified on the cross with Christ. Now stay with me. I'm going to tell you why. And this is so, 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 so um, convicting. All of my evil, right, the cost of it, the price of it, was hung on that cross with him, was crucified. Now listen. The next verse is so convicting if you connect it. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. It tells me that I live because of Christ, right? That that was crucified, meaning the, it's power over me. Remember up in verse, the higher verse, it said I'm free? It's power over me, meaning power, like my anger, right, or my harshness or all that stuff. Think about that for a second. It's already been, you've been freed from its power. It's still in there. We know that, but you're, it's freed. It's dead. Its power is dead. Listen, since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. What's the indication there? There's an option not to. So every time I choose, notice the word choose, to live out of one of these things, it's a choice. I'm going to say that again. Do you understand that? As a believer, we kind of go, wow, I'm I'm good either way. And the truth is it's almost more sad because you are choosing it. It doesn't even have power over you. That's why the Bible says things like they are blind, The world is blind. They don't even know they're doing those things. They don't know they're living out of it. This is deep. Do you understand? This is very crucial. I'll come around and throw a podium. If that's what it takes to wake you up, I want you to get this. Because there needs to be an acceptance of our power via the Holy Spirit. I am free. So anytime I choose to live like that old man, that slave, whether I want to believe it or not, no matter how powerful the temptation is, how powerful that desire is, at the end of the day, I have chosen not to live by the spirit that is within me that has enabled me to overcome that desire fact, I can sit here and blame it on you because you treated me poorly. I can blame it on my lack of love. I can blame it on anything I want. But at the end of the day, I have said, I am dead. I live in Christ. I am empowered. I am free. So when I choose to be hateful, I am choosing it. And that is very sobering to me. When I choose to be envious, you know, some of these that we don't think about. Hatred, strife, that means causing Chaos we got some people doing that around here in our church lately. People just causing chaos. It happens in every church. It's just whether they deal with it or not. That's not popular. People, you know, strife makers, chaos makers, they only do it when you tell them they can't do something. <laughs> They're completely content until the moment you say, uh, hey, you should probably stop that. No! Nah! <laughs> right? I wish I could make a video about it. That'd be good. AJ, add it to the list. Oh, man, I just... <sighs> I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. And I want you to come with me. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited. We must not become focused on self-love. Provoking one another. When I'm conceited, I provoke you. How do you know that? You come up and try to talk to me, and I, I don't have time. I got to take care of myself. I'm too busy. And then all of a sudden, you walk away, and you become um, very bitter. And angry because you got rejected. I've provoked you into that by my decision to live out of the flesh. When I'm angry at you, I've convicted you. I have provoked you when you come back. We do that to each other. We must not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. There's so many things in here for you, for us. We are free by the Holy Spirit. We are empowered I'm going to say a statement that is going to shock some of you, and it's not popular. You know why it doesn't make it any less evil? Do you know why I can look? Because people will say, Todd, you hate Christians, and <laughs> you are one. I don't hate them. I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, I think they're saints, and I think they should act that way. I'm not talking about the times that we all fall short and we offer each other grace. I'm talking about the willful decision to consistently live out of the flesh and we always want to focus on the first parts the sexual morality, moral impurity and we do not talk enough about in the church about bitterness, selfish ambition anger, dissensions and factions we don't talk about that, that's just as serious just because you're good at one, don't meet the other less bad but the reason that that it can look like they don't get to me as much. And I'm sure there's a time coming. I was talking to a brother of mine, Andy, Pastor Andy's out there, and I told him, I said, man, you know, I know our church right now. We get a lot of flack from other churches. That's okay. We love you, right? Not a lot, but some. But I know the day's coming as God continues to, to if we continue to be obedient and go where he tells us to go, that the world will turn on us. I know that's coming. But do you know why I don't get as mad at them? They are blind. The Bible tells me they don't even have the ability to do good. Do you hear that? Do you you don't believe me? Well, Todd, I know a lot of of non-believers that do good things. That's right. But listen, it's always going to be motivated. It will never be motivated out of agape, ever. It will always be motivated out of what? What I look like, gives me an identity, all those kinds of things. They are unable to love the way that Christ has told us to love. They're unable to doesn't make me less angry when they act that way, but I don't get as mad at them because that's like getting mad at a, no offense if you don't know Christ in the room, but this is true. You're not in power yet. You're still a slave. It's like looking at a three-year-old and getting mad that he punches me in the leg. He don't know any better. He can't control himself. In fact, Christ tells us, you better quit worrying about judging the world. Did you know he said that? Yeah, I know, well, he says we're gonna judge the world. It's different. He's saying, listen, when it comes to each other, we judge each other in the way that we live because we are the same. There's no point in focusing on telling the whole world, you're terrible and we, and we hate you and we're gonna, that, that's not going to happen. There, there, there's no need for that. He's going to handle that, right? He said, I'm going to take care of splitting the goats and the sheep. Do what I told you to do. I told you to do two things. Love, love me, love God, and love others. It's always, it's always easy to understand until, but not easy to apply. So I'm going to leave you. There's not going to be on here, but I know you list people. I'm going to leave you. i got a list for you. It's only two things with a little bonus. It's not going to be on the screen. Today was crazy. Just leave it at that. But I'm going to give you, and it's just called Third Love. Keys to Third Love. Third Love, whatever you want. That's what it is on mine. Hashtag Third Love. Hashtag Third Love. You with me? You want me to throw a podium? Joseph, you want me to throw a podium? <laughs> He's like, no. Uh, follow. Uh, oops, I gave you one second one. Number one. It's not going to be up there. God, the key to this, God is your provider. I said it earlier, God is your provider. At the end of the day, when you focus entirely on yourself and your self-love, even as a believer, at the end of the day, you think it's about you, it's about your lack of trust in Him. Because I say, this sounds so rational, but it, it's and simple, but think about it. If everybody in this room was loving somebody else. Everyone was loving everybody else, right? Is everybody getting loved? I know that's weird, so I'll use me. If I'm loving all of you, I'm not worried about me, but I'm loving every one of you, and I'm going out of my way to love you and each of you. Right? Are you all getting loved in some, by someone? Yes or no? I'm going to throw a podium. Okay, so... These are the, it's funny about you folks. You'll yell when I don't want you to, but when I ask you to, you're like, right? So, so, so yes. Now listen, now what if you all are loving me? We all get loved. Isn't that crazy? God's not saying you got to live without love. He's saying, I will handle that. And even if they fail to love you well, I will always love you. I will never forsake you. I will never let you go. I will never turn my back on you. I will leave the 99 to find you. I will always do that. I will not leave you as orphans. Goosebumps. He says that. Did you know that? I will come back. I will not leave you as orphans. Why? The problem is you guys don't believe it. Me too. And the moments we slip into selfishness, remember what I said, it's completely rational because you've been beat up, hurt by the world but it's not healthy because self-love is not the best love it is an incomplete love it is drinking salt water when you're really thirsty it's okay at first but it's going to kill you God is your provider God will always love you which will free you and guys if you've ever been there I'm going to tell you this the truth any maturity in my faith and I haven't arrived but any maturity in my faith I promise you this has come from one thing. I have lived two moments, only two, and I, praise God, I pray there aren't more, when I had no one else. You think I'm kidding. I had no one else. I had no one else. And even if I did, I didn't believe I did. And I was just like many of you at times where I wanted to die because when in the midst of that loneliness, it, there is a pain that's so strong. Don't ever say you don't understand why someone would commit suicide because that's a lie. That kind of pain is just as bad as if you had your arm rotting off. It is agony. But in that moment, why suicide is so heartbreaking is the lie you live out of. But as a Christian, is the denial of this fact that I found to be true in my own life. When I had no one else, his love shined all the brighter. When it was really, really dark, it didn't matter how far away it felt. His light always seemed bright. God's love is so strong. And sometimes we don't realize it until we got no one else to love us, even our own. Because I'll tell you this, I didn't love myself then either. So I didn't even have any self love to give. That, and in that, people are like, Todd, why are you bold? Because I realize a crucial truth, and I'm not perfect. But if you want to know my secret, it's this no one can take him from me. All right? I'm about to get emotional because that's such a truth. And now I became free to be bold at times. And the times I'm not, it's because I get sucked into that again. Because I don't want to go back there. Isn't that funny? Even though I was content to be there, I literally remember one time saying to someone in the midst that I like, What are you gonna do? Kill me? Go ahead. Because it didn't matter. I truly understood, right, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Because he loves me. God loves you so much. Trust that. It's not a lie. If you're a random person, you hear this all the time. I know we've gone long today. That's okay. Listen, it's all real. Some of you are like, we know. Can you get out of here so I can go eat my brownie? No, it's all real. Not part of it, not a little sliver of it, not the you. It's all literally real. So then you don't have to go, well, sometimes I'm sad. True, that's not his fault. It's never his fault. It's this world and it's our own selfishness and our inability to trust him. All right, number two, keys to third love, to living a hashtag. I don't know, some kind of cool phrase like that, all right? (laughs) You want to know how to do it well? Remember that God's your provider. And number two, follow Jesus. I say it every week. I know I like to make it simple, but I have something else written here. No greater love is there than this, that a person would lay down their life for their friend. You think you're loving? Are you willing to sacrifice your time, your sleep, anything for someone else because until you are you are not perfected that's not perfect love so third love says and I mean this if you think I don't hey I'm going to tell you this one thing you can't tell me is I don't try to live out hashtag because I do because I tend to do this because I understand you guys will listen if I tear myself down first so I am going to tell you I'm going to do a pastor thing one time I'm not perfect but I'm going to tell you something I think I do pursue is I pursue this and the key to it is if you think it's easy for me you're crazy you're crazy I don't give myself time to think about myself, and that's not always healthy. However, if it comes down to me losing sleep or answering your phone call, don't make the joke because I know I don't always answer my phone because it's terrible. But if I see it, I'm going to answer it because I don't care. And that's cost me stuff in my family, right, and my time. And I'm st- you know, I'm not saying that there isn't balance, but I'm telling you, you want to be a third love. You want to love like that. You have to get to that point where you accept that it's going to have a cost and find joy in that. She's going to come play some music. I know, Todd, we've already gone long. That's cool, man. I heard these old Southern Revivals. You know how long they go? I got an aunt and uncle in Kentucky if they're watching. Hey, Aunt Tessie. They, they run a church. We got to ask them how long their services go. I bet you they go, right? Some of the things from the South, man, are cool. You guys ought to come down there someday. Nice. Yeah, amen to that. Third love, hashtag third love. Let's start getting that going. Let's flip it. Let's make love God 70.1 million. We, it may never happen, but it, it should be higher than it is. How many Christians are in the 70.1 that aren't doing the 25.3 thousand, right? You guys can stop worrying about yourself, taking care of yourself all the time can do for real because is it real or is it not do you have a father that says hey there's not a bird that falls on the ground that i don't know about and you are worth many birds man if i didn't make you emotional you're not listening it does me when i sit in that truth that my father sees me in the crowd isn't that incredible he sees you in the crowd when no one else does, and he says, that's my son, that's my daughter. Even if you're in the room or watching and you don't know him yet, he loves you so much that he's still saying, come home. I'm right here, come home. He's not looking at your clothes or your smell or all the bad things you did. He's just saying, just come home. You don't have to worry about self-love because loving you has already been taken care of. And no other love will ever fulfill it. That's why the world runs from thing to thing. Please fill me up. Make my half cup a full cup. It never happens, though, does it? You know you understand the things that Jesus says when he says, I, the well. We're like, man, I have nothing in common. The Samaritan woman at a well. Don't you? I will give you a cup that's always full. Well, I don't have enough in my cup, Lord. Just ask me and I'll give you some more. Go love them. I don't have enough time, Lord. I don't have enough energy. I'm I'm weary. I don't have enough water in my cup. Well, here's some more. Go do what I ask you to do. Trust me. You are so loved that you're cheating yourself when you're living out of this kind of cheap love. You're cheating yourself, if anyone's watching. That's why you're lonely and you're sad, and that's why even though you mark your time out, you put it in your calendar, right? Self-love time. Meditation; those are all good things. But it's funny. There's no like loving others time, or you'll 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 schedule out rest for yourself. But where's the quiet time with God? Is that does that make your calendar? Pilates does, but does devotions. I don't know if anyone does Pilates. Whatever it is, that's convicting for me. I'll make time for the gym all the time. That's my place of peace. Well, there's your problem, right? When I live out of that. You got to see that in yourself. And you shouldn't walk out of this. I'm not walking out of this going, I'm really good at this. No, I'm walking out going, how can I be better? How can you be better by loving God and loving other people and allowing him to love you enough that you don't have to search for something to fill that cup? So if you're in the room you don't know Jesus. Gina was here She always tells me I shouldn't tell you Apologize for this But I can't help it I'm sorry we went long But I'm not sorry For what I told you Here's the truth Of the gospel We're a mess <laughs> The father said Stay close to me God Follow me I made you And I'm gonna let you Enjoy all this And there's not really Any rules The only rule is Love me and trust me And trust that I'm gonna tell you Where to go And what to do I'll be God How about you just Handle being The son or daughter And we said, nah, (laughs) I want to do it my way. And what's happened is what's happened. Sin and death and destruction and loneliness and all of those things and viruses. And all those things are real. It's a product of this broken world and all the things that happen when the creation spins away from the creator. Well, at least they make themselves believe that. And God says, fine, if you do not want to live holy with me, then you cannot be with me. And now you will be judged by the sins, the wrong that you do. And by the way, even the good things that you do are filthy rags to me, because unless you're perfect, you are storing up wrath and you will go to hell. That's it. That's terrifying. Hell is separation from God, and it's going to be agony. So whether it's fire and brimstone or whatever it is that they use, it's going to be the worst that you've ever felt. Because no one on this earth, while they breathe, have been fully separated from God, fully. If they were, they wouldn't hear the Spirit, right? So the Bible says this, for God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, right? That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. That's Jesus, and that's the verse after it. God did not send the Son to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. In the midst of that, as the world's burning, some of it we started as we are lonely and we are dying. And here comes Jesus and so many people say kill him because he's reminding us of where we're at. And I don't like to be reminded. I want to pretend that everything's okay. And Jesus said, if you will follow me, I will lead you out of this and I will take you home. And on the way, I will show you how to live and I'll heal the broken areas and I'll remind you of who you really are. But you have got to reject that choice, you have got to say no more while I put myself above you, God. I will get on my knee. You are God, I am not. I will let 10 says that if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart, they have to say it because if you're from the dead, you will be saved. Why do I have to say it? Because if you're too ashamed to say it, then you don't really mean it. That's it. If you're in this room and you don't know him, doesn't matter what you think you know if you can't say with certainty you've done that why would you leave without doing it you have a choice today everyone in here you can choose to walk out here the same as you came in and for some of you that means embracing self-love or you can walk out of here and say i will be third and trust my god to take care of me and if you're in the room and you don't know him don't leave same as you came in there's gonna be people up here ready to pray with you if you're hurting you're lonely you're broken that's what they're here for that's the beauty of community right that's the crazy thing God says I'll take care of you but I'm also gonna give you each other they'll be here to pray with you if you're lonely you're sad you're struggling take this time whatever you do make it count don't leave the same as you came in because if you do you're choosing to